Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Welcome to our One Son, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mothers, a wellness and self-care podcast designated to uplifting the voices of women of color. Author, self-love activist, educator, mother, and poet, Courtney Brookins will help you bloom into your best self and encourage you to make self-care part of your daily practice. Join the tribe as we embark on a journey of healing, mothering, womanhood, and collectivism through the ancestral practice of storytelling. Whether you're looking for an infinity space, sisterhood, or mommy tribe, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, mother, and self-care enthusiast, Courtney Brookins. Whether you're a girl boss, everyday woman, tired mama, or just in need of some you time, our mindfulness success sessions are engineered to get you to deepen your practice of self-care. We individually customize your session to empower your individual needs. Empowerment is only a click away at one son three flowers.com that's o-n-e-s-u-n the number three f-l-o-w-e-r-s dot com one son three flowers is a one-stop shop for the entire family Our mother-daughter clothing brand promotes self-care, unity, and wellness for the entire tribe through apparel. We created the One Sun Three Flowers shop a few years ago when we challenged ourselves to create clothing that promoted self-care, self-love, and wellness and help you connect to your highest self and your tribe. Head to the onesunthreeflowers.com shop and save 20% when you use the code podcast 2020 that's o-n-e-s-u-n the number three flowers dot com and save when you use the code enjoy flower tribe hello and welcome to another episode of the one sun three flowers podcast stories of our mothers today i'm excited because in a moment we're going to have jolinda johnson joining us but before i introduce her i would like to take a moment to acknowledge who she is and her work so jolinda johnson is a women's health coach m-s-e-d-c-h-h-c who's passionate about helping Brilliant women master their stress and protect themselves against burnout so they can create big, bold lives as visionary leaders who are meant to shine. She's over the version of health we're constantly being told as women, and is much more concerned with the things that actually make us feel vibrant and alive. Living in harmony with our hormones and menstrual cycles, answering our soul's calling, and feeling safe in our skin, always. Jalinda is originally from Detroit, Michigan, but has lived in Barcelona, Spain for the last 12 years. Once upon a time, she was married, but it 
is now a single mom to a five-year-old son named Leonard, who was sent here to teach her how to live in the present and find joy in the flow. And without further ado, Jalinda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Courtney. So good to be here. You are welcome. I'm really excited to have you um, be here. I know we've had some really fun, inspiring, and healing conversations just one-on-one prior to um, us getting on here and recording. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. I know you talked about the flow and presence of life that your son has brought. And it's like when you tap into that energy, things just feel like they divinely come to you. And I think that like us even meeting, we met through, um, so just being transparent, we met through a mutual friend, Tracy, Mm -hmm. um, who is a beautiful soul. And this connection has just been great because it has opened um, an avenue for me to connect with another woman who, one, happens to be the same zodiac sign as me. I love throwing astrology (laughs) into the conversation. (laughs) And two, is a, um, a healer in her own way, in her own right, in a very necessary way. And she's going to tell you a lot about like that, but I just am grateful for how divine purpose has brought us together. Mm, Yes. I I join you in that gratitude. Oh, thank you. So I would love for us to just jump in and talk a little bit about your work. I know we mentioned it in your, it was mentioned in your biography, Mm -hmm. um, but I would love for you just to talk about your work and what you're doing with women's health um, and hormonal balance and all of those things. Yes. um, So I am a women's health coach, which means I'm a certified holistic health coach as well as a certified life coach and a priestess. So I actually address women's health from all angles, mind, body, and soul. And I think that if we're really going to experience vibrant health, then we can't leave any of those three out. They all need to be working together and in, you know, some kind of balance, whatever balance feels right for us. And hormones absolutely are part of that. Understanding our menstrual cycle Um, as well as the process of um, perimenopause and approaching our final menstrual cycle is also key. And it's just incredible to me that, you know, I actually subscribe to um, the women's health, you know, the the magazine women's health, their, um, their newsletter, just because I, I like to see what uh, mainstream is talking about when it comes to women's health. And it's always just things that really have no influence over us whatsoever. You know, the, the latest diet fad that you'll do for a few weeks and until you realize that it doesn't make you feel good and um, you, you know, on to the next thing, um, you know, home decor, um, celebrity news, um, you know, things that really, ha- when you come down to what makes us feel good as women, that's right. We're sold this idea of women's health as though it's dependent on, how much we weigh, how much we have, how productive we are, how Mm. other people see us being everything to everyone. And, you know, those are absolutely the things that um, actually take away from our health over the long run. So I'm all about helping women come home to themselves, feel safe in their bodies, understand how their bodies work at a very basic level. I mean, you know, a lot of people say in my Facebook group, you know, you share so much information and it's like, well, this is information that needs to be shared because it shouldn't be privileged. <laughs> you know, this is right. this is not privileged information. This is how your body works. And that's power. 
when you know yeah when you know how your your hormones function and you know you don't need to be an endocrinologist to know the effects of cortisol and insulin and thyroid hormone and you know estrogen and progesterone and and understanding how they all affect one another you know you don't need to go into the nitty-gritty but to have a basic understanding and and I think that that's something that we are in general you know in general we're sorely lacking and especially among you know when I say brilliant women um women who are driven by their passion and their purpose and we often get blinded by that and we we don't set boundaries and and especially self boundaries you know sometimes we're, we're we we can handle saying no to other people but it, when it comes to pushing ourselves past the limit a lot of us mm. don't want to say no <laughs> right that i'm like oh my gosh i really want people to hear that because yeah people so frequently talk about the importance of selling setting boundaries with other people but what about the things that we don't say no to ourselves yeah. for because that is a relationship too that's a wow yeah. that's a powerful thing. absolutely so um when i work with my clients um you know i do 90 minute consultations just so they get an idea of like, oh, what is it that I'm doing wrong? Like, why do I always feel wired and tired? Why am I experiencing this brain fog? Why do I, am I constantly um, bloated? Or, um, you know, why don't I have a sex drive anymore? Kind of helping them to figure out, put the pieces together. So at least um, when they go to their doctor, they know the lab tests that they, they should have. Um, if, lab tests have come back inconclusive they know okay right so i can make these diet modifications i can make these lifestyle modifications because a lot of times i've had a lot of clients go to the doctors and you know the doctor will say well your, your labs are fine so fig- figure uh-huh. out you know <laughs> um right. and a lot of us we either you know don't have the time quote unquote to figure it out we don't have the energy. A lot of times it's we just don't have the energy to figure it out ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. Because we're already Or sometimes what about the fact that people just feel good about knowing, okay, well, the doctor said there's nothing wrong with me, so let me not go any deeper, oh, right? Oh, absolutely, that as well. And I mean, that's when I, you know, w- was just talking about taking your power back, you know, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are conditioned to think, okay, the doctor said, you know, it's my body, it's right. my body, but the doctor said. And I actually know women who have, gone into surgery not really asking many questions because the doctor said and Mm -hmm. they they unfortunately had a physician who wasn't interested in explaining everything and you know I'm not painting all doctors with the same brush but um you know women's health specifically we you know a lot less money is devoted to research so Mm -hmm. um even the best doctors don't even have the the conclusive um, studies that they would need to to feel like they were right. informed because they've they're just not done you know I mean mm-hmm. um, and then we walk away feeling like we we don't know what's going on with our own body and we, we we become disconnected women who are used to relying on their brains to to, to get things done a lot of times it's like well my body's not behaving you know so it's all right. mental you know I'll, I'll just live from the neck up because my body's not doing what I need it to. And mm-hmm. so there's a huge disconnect there as well. 
but when you can reintegrate everything and accept where you are and know that you are responsible to your condition, but you're not responsible for, you know, cause we, we can't get trapped in that idea either of like, how could I do this to myself? And, you know, cause oftentimes that just keeps us stuck. It doesn't propel us into positive action. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I have this going on. So how can I look for solutions? How can I look for help? I don't need to do this all on my own. You know, and that's why people like me, you know, coaches are here so that you can, we can walk with you on your journey back towards health because it is a journey. It's not a straight line. Yeah. But at least you don't have to figure it out all on your own. And the work that I do, you know, it goes way beyond like a protocol, so to speak. You know, it's, it's not just eat this, not that. And, um, take this supplement call me in the morning it's like okay so how did you get here let's look at the deeper stuff that's been going on to get you to this point and Mm -hmm. that goes into you know like we we just mentioned boundaries self-love self-compassion forgiveness yeah anger and you know expressing that anger releasing that anger um surrender and what would you say, Jolinda, to people who are listening and thinking like, okay, what she's saying sounds like very, like, um, very much a, a part of the alternative health world. But I, you know, in practice, don't really believe that my emotions or my boundaries are really affecting my mm-hmm. health. Uh, what would you say to to the naysayers? How is that working for you? <laughs> Honest, honestly, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the thing is, I, I am not suggesting that people, you, you know, don't go to a doctor, for example, you know, like they're, even if you are told by your doctor, you need to take thyroid medication, you know, that, that is probably true. You know, if you get to that point where your doctor is saying you have clinical hypothyroidism and you need to take this medication, you know, okay. However, Mm-hmm. How can you support your thyroid in addition to that? You know, a lot of times it's not right. either or, you know, um, mm-hmm. sometimes you need, um, you know, you need those lab results, right? You, you might need a specific medication for a certain amount of time, but, you know, it, a lot of times you also need to look at the bigger picture. And you mm-hmm. can't, for example, rely on one pill to perform magic and take, take away all the other stuff mm-hmm. that's actually contributing to your condition. You know, that other stuff is still there. Um, and yeah. you know, when it comes to depression, for example, you know, a lot of women over 40 are prescribed antidepressants when it's really their thyroid that is not performing mm-hmm. as it should. Um, a lot of the symptoms of perimenopause that women complain about the most are actually symptoms of um, an underactive thyroid. Um, mm. And that also trace back to our emotional and mental yeah, body. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, how your thyroid performs is also um, connected to your adrenal glands and that's chronic stress. You know, so like if you're mm. not addressing the chronic stress in your life, which a lot of women over 40 are under chronic stress because we've got all the responsibilities and the family and the career and, you know, like on, 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 
more, 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 you know, so our, um, our stress response is constantly on. And so if you're not addressing that, you know, if you are waking up with coffee because you you're exhausted and winding down with wine, which is actually disrupting your sleep and, you know, in the long run, but, you know, feeling like, okay, I've got to have alcohol. I mean, this is, this is what a lot of women do. And Uh just taking a pill for that, like, no, we've got to look at habits. We've got to look at how you got to those habits. We've got to look at the emotions underlying your, like, you know, the decision you make on a day to day. Like, for example, I have a client right now who um, she actually, she works at a hospital and every time, every day when she comes home, she um, goes to the pantry and, you know, gets cookies or chips or, you know, what, whatever um, her fixes of the day. And um, when she was a child and her mom would pick her up from school to prevent her having a tantrum, she would have the trunk filled with food, you know, snacks. Uh, so that, uh-huh. and, you know, instead of expressing that she was frustrated, she, she was tired, that she um, felt like she couldn't be who she wanted to be in school that day, it was, you know, have, have, have this instead. Have the chocolate instead. Have the cookie instead. Have the donut instead. And so she's doing the same thing now, only she's an adult. So, mm-hmm. you know, when in, in, in a situation like that, you know, we have to talk to the inner child. That's the one who's reacting. You know, we have to, yeah. we have to bring that in. And, that, and that's the self-soothing behavior that has kind of come from, from that, that, that childhood yes. experience. And now is preventing healthy yeah, habits absolutely. as a woman. And so it's not enough to say, you know, okay, here's, he, you know, eat more, more of these vegetables and have some more of this fruit and, you know, protein, fat and fiber. And, you know, yes, that's important to know. But when you are feeling stressed, when you're feeling scared, lonely, angry, any emotion that you don't know how to process, the emotional brain takes over and says, I'm here to protect you. Let's, let's numb out. Uh Right. You know, you don't want to deal with that. Okay. Numb. And you can know everything yeah. you want to know about nutrition. But if that's the way that you process your emotions, that's going to win every time. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in the space of nutrition, I know that you say some of the ways that people are dealing with chronic stress are coffee, mm-hmm. uh, chocolate, and wine, which in like women's health magazines, I've definitely read that those are Mm-hmm. de-stressors but you're saying in this moment that that's actually qu- quite mm-hmm. the contrary yeah and so I'm wondering how in your experience how have these things that we've been taught that de-stress us how do they actually affect our physical emotion or mental body well you know I get a, I get asked about coffee a lot because um you know coffee is something that a lot of women don't do well with but we convince ourselves that it's okay. Um, very few people <laughs> actually have the gene that allows you to um, to process the coffee efficiently. But most of us, you know, it's one, it puts stress on your liver. And two, it taxes your adrenal mm-hmm. glands, which if you're experiencing chronic stress are already working over time. So 
you know, like, mm. it's one thing to have one cup of coffee in the early morning. And, you know, if you don't experience anxiety or um, if you can get through your day with like, you know, a, a clear flow of energy, you're not using it as a bolster, so to speak. It's more of a ritual for you. You know, chances are, okay, like your periods are regular. You're not experiencing any other symptoms. Like, okay, I'll let you have your cup of coffee, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you're someone who you wake up with an alarm and that's a struggle. You need your coffee before your eyes fully open. Then around noon, it's like, I need another cup. Then around four, you're dragging cup of coffee. You know, if, if that sounds like your day, then it's like, okay, what is, what's happening here? Well, most likely mm-hmm. um, you, you know, your cortisol levels are not where they need to be. They're dysregulated. Um, that's, you, you should actually wake up with energy. You know, that's the thing. You should wake up with energy and then go to sleep with ease. Most of us, the modern day mm. has the opposite. We have a flipped cortisol. Mm-hmm. So we are waking up exhausted. We hit bottom around four. And then at 10, when the kids are asleep, hello, I'm awake. What's happening on social media? What series can I binge on now? <laughs> what things can I get done that I yeah. can do earlier because I was going, I was falling asleep on my desk. Oh, send up, send that up. You know, um, that's a huge red flag. That's not normal. You know, I get a lot of, mm-hmm. things. I'm just a night owl. It's like, actually, you know, um, if you are consistently waking up at 10 PM and and find it difficult to go to bed, you know, before two, that's, there's something wrong mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. So even our sleep pa- pattern is a reflection of um, our, oh, our yeah. imbalance. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important for, for most women. Um, we really do well if we get to bed by 10, especially if, if we are trying to, um, you know, regulate our cortisol levels, get to bed by 10, get off of the screens an hour before, minimum hour before, um, and that we expose ourselves to sunlight. Um, or if you're in, you know, a country where there, there really isn't, especially in winter, for example, when it's dark, when you wake up, you know, if you have like a light box that you can put on. But if you're exposed to sunlight in the first hour after waking as well, that's another thing that's, that supports cortisol um but you know really it's when we're talking about hormones it's you know you've got to have insulin and cortisol working in your favor because if you know if not then you know chances are estrogen is going to be off progesterone is going to be off and you know there are changes with estrogen and progesterone as we age anyway right so if you're already Uh contributing to an imbalance when things start to get off balance by nature usually after 40 then the symptoms are going right. to be more extreme. And that's why women, when we talk about perimenopause, there are women who say, well, you know, I had a hot flash here and there, but it really wasn't that disruptive. And then you have other women who say it was five years of health. It was like PMS times a thousand. And I, I'm so glad that it's over, you know? Um, so, yeah. um, 
chocolate. You, you asked about chocolate. And what about, I'm sorry, Jillian, and what about the cycles? Because you mentioned the cycle being connected to cortisol, cortisol again, levels as well. And so you, you also mentioned that your cortisol, cortisol is that yeah. the term? Cortisol. You mentioned that um, that hormone also being connected to your caffeine intake and your cycle. I know you just mentioned um, your experience, people's experiences mm -hmm. for menopause, but also can coffee be something that is ca uh, causing women to experience irregularities in their their menstrual cycle? Well, it depends cycles. on the irregularities that we're talking about, but usually if you um, are already experiencing PMS. If you have uh, heavy periods, if you deal with uh, erratic mood swings, bloating, all symptoms of um, estrogen dominance, basically, um, you know, you need to be very careful with the coffee. Um, uh -huh. You know, high cortisol and high estrogen tend to go hand in hand. So anything that you can... Um, do to support cortisol and um, blood sugar levels, you know, insulin, um, which eliminating coffee does, you, you know, the better. That's why I said they're all, they're all really right. Good. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. and the other thing with estrogen is that when you have, um, when you're estrogen dominant, then chances are, even if your thyroid is functioning normally, um, you will have suppressed thyroid function. Well, the thyroid hormone, when it um, tries to get into the cell, um, it won't be as effective when you have high, high estrogen. So um, a lot of women who mm -hmm. are um, experiencing symptoms of hypothyroidism but have regular labs, that's actually what's happening. It's estrogen dominance. Mm. And what about for little girls? Because I know you talked about speaking to the inner child. And so when you said that, that really kind of uh, spoke to mind because being transparent, I was, and I have so many friends who have mm -hmm. this experience too, Jalinda. Um, I was a teenager, maybe in my first or second year of high school. Yeah. Let me say second or third. I started experiencing um, period irregularity where I could go uh, upwards of a six months with uh, experiencing no cycle. Um, and then I would, you know, my doctor eventually led me into being placed on birth control. Now, this is prior to having the stresses, the stressors of being an adult woman or having mm -hmm. a full on coffee habit. Um, and I was put on birth control. And the reason I bring this up is because I know there are other listeners who are going to hear this and connect with that experience. And like I said, I have a, upwards of three to five friends who had literally the mm -hmm. exact same experience. Um, so my concern is, number one, I would love for you to speak to like how maybe there's some hormonal, what was going on in that situation. But also I want to just talk about also how these messages that our child we were fed in child um our childhood mm -hmm. are really linked to um how we interact with doctors now because no one said well i don't want to put this 15 year old girl on mm. birth control you know um, let's just it was the solution because she has a healthy body she's not showing symptoms of anything else so let's just throw yeah. her on birth control so 
I learned very early on just to follow what yeah. the doctor says. Um, so yeah, I would love if you could speak to, you know, those experiences for younger girls who are not in high stress situations, who are not having these coughing or, or yeah. wine habits and how um, they're being prescribed birth yeah, control. Well, yeah, I, I think, first of all, birth control does not regulate your period. You know, that's the first thing that we're told, right? If it's, you're not having a regular period, then take birth control to regulate your period. What you are having on birth control mm-hmm. is not a period. It's a pill bleed. It's a withdrawal, basically. Um, it is not mm-hmm. a reflection of what your actual hormones are doing because birth control essentially shuts down ovulation. Um, and so the main event of the menstrual cycle is not happening when you're on birth control. Um, but so many women, you know, including myself, first of all, the the menstrual cycle actually takes 12 years to mature. So what's regular um, in womanhood, or sorry, what's irregular in womanhood would actually be considered quite normal in the early years as our hormone levels reach their optimum levels. Um, And for example, you know, 45 days is normal. Every, you know, a cycle of 45 days is normal when you're a teenager, not when you're a woman. But um, there can be a, a few years after Menarche, your first period, when things are not coming in like clockwork. And depending on when Menarche occurs, you could very easily go to a doctor who says, well, we'll put you on birth control to you know, fix that. And instead of allowing your body to get to those um, levels of, nat- of hormone production, you're shutting it down essentially. And then you stay on the birth control pill for, let's say, the next 15 years until you realize, actually, mm-hmm. I want to be a mom. But your body has mm-hmm. not had regular cycles for 15 years. And so, we're, you know, this is another myth that we're told is like, you know, you can get pregnant when you're on birth control. If you don't, if you're not careful, you can get pregnant anytime. And then once you once you get off of birth control, like you can get pregnant in the first month. First of all, if that's true. You know, and I do know women who have gotten pregnant first month after stopping birth control. But even if that's the case, the birth control pill depletes the very vitamins and minerals that you need most for a healthy conception and pregnancy. So you need to give your body a chance, one, to get back the regular cycle, but also to replenish. Because the, my, the, the majority of women who are on birth control pills are not supplementing with, you know, things like B vitamins and, you know, magnesium and zinc um, and selenium, you know, they're, they're, they're not um, watching after their gut health, you know, with a probiotic because the, the birth control pill, now they're finding it acts very much like antibiotics in the system. And so that's why, a lot uh. of people, you know, when they go on birth control, it's like all of a sudden they have recurring yeast infections as well depending on this, you know, uh-huh. what the state of their vaginal microbiome was and, you know, their gut microbiome was when they started. Um, so that can be another issue. Um, but it's something that should, you know, I do not pill shame. There are a lot of women's health experts who pill shame and I do not agree with that because we all need to make the right decision for our particular situation. However, 
However, okay, it needs to be an informed decision. And this goes back to what you were saying about, you know, a doctor is human. A doctor is fallible because he or she is human. You know, a doctor is not you. So if you are making decisions that directly affect your body, then it should be a conversation around what your needs are, what you expect, bringing in knowledge that you know so that he can, he or she can say, oh, yes, right, that, that's true, but in your specific situation, you know, um, or, oh, no, actually, that's, that's not the case. But to have, be able to have a, a dialogue when so many times it's do this, fill out the prescription pad, mm-hmm. you know, see in six months or a year. Right. Right. And so it takes that ownership away from the innate knowledge that we have for our bodies, our experiences and our own symptoms. And instead of it being like a teamwork situation, we lose we lose sight of what we already innately know. Is that what you're saying, Jalinda? And the thing is, it should not be a big thing. This is what for me is, is so backwards, you know. So I have an autoimmune disease called um, ankylosing spondylitis. And I uh-huh. suspected that it was ankylosing spondylitis, even though this is, you know, I'm, I'm highly intuitive. And sometimes I, I know when I see things that, you know, in, you know, I, I really, they don't make sense, so to speak, you know, because <laughs> this is, this is a disease that statistically I uh-huh. do not have just so you know where I'm coming from. But okay. I, I discovered ankylosing spondylitis. I was looking at like all of my symptoms in my, my history. And I thought, I think that it might actually be this. And I went to um, my doctor and, and here in Spain, you go to your GP first and then they refer you to a specialist. Um, and the specialist was a man over 50 who said, I said, you know, is there any chance that this could be ankylosing spondylitis? He said, where did you hear that? And I said, well, you know, I've, I've been doing a bit of research and, and considering all of the symptoms. I think that it might be worth investigating. And he said, I'll give you a piece of advice. Go back to reading romance novels and stay away from articles about arthritis. Wow. So, you know, <laughs> and, and at the time, at the time, I valued my, myself so little because this was all this is uh 10 years ago now i valued myself so little Mm -hmm. because i wasn't a doctor you know um and i and he said put on a neck brace and go on your way basically which was the worst thing he could have done it took me a year before i actually got in touch with the right specialist got the right test got my diagnosis confirmed that indeed it was ankylosing spondylitis. Um, uh. But this is what happens. You don't, you don't feel empowered to advocate for yourself. Your doctor doesn't you know, want to advocate for you because you might be one of you know, however many patients that they're seeing that day or week. And you know, it's just like, okay, on to the next, on to the next. And if you get your, if you're in that situation and you and your heart of hearts know that something wrong, there's something wrong, but your doctor says, 
you know, you're fine. Then a lot of times you just accept that. And that's why, you know, we Uh talk about how does the emotional part come in? Like, we need to have a strong foundation of self-worth. An unshakable foundation of self-worth if we are to advocate for ourselves in matters of health. Because if you don't feel worthy of receiving that treatment, if you don't feel worthy of advocating for yourself as a patient, if you don't feel like you actually deserve to experience vibrant health, then you're not going to make those changes. You're not going to stand up for yourself. You're not going to look for alternative solutions, even though someone in authority is saying, oh, you're fine. Well, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not fine, actually. And if you don't want to help me, then I'm going to find someone who will. You know, that's not the norm. The norm is, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if you say so. And I'll just keep feeling the way I feel. Right. And it's kind of like in the space of, so we, we really need to empower our relationships with ourselves and remind ourselves that we are the expert over our bodies, our minds, our, our our emotions, and that it is great to solicit advice in these areas to help us, you know, heal and grow, but also to not discredit who we are, what yeah. we feel, and what Absolutely. we need. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, you may not be an expert on, uh, you know, fibroids, for example or thyroid dysfunction, or ovarian cysts, but you are an expert on your own body. And that's, that's why it's so important to have mm-hmm. that intimate relationship with your body, to know what's normal for you. You know, when we talk about the menstrual cycle and what's normal, mm-hmm. it's really important to know what's normal for you so that when things start going wonky, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, Suddenly, I've gone from having a a, like a 28-day cycle that, you know, ran like clockwork, and suddenly that's 24. Okay, 24 is still within the range of normal, but, like, I've had six months of a 24-day cycle, and I'm around the age of 40, so possibly going into perimenopause there. You know, if you don't have any knowledge of what's going mm. on, if you're not tracking your cycle, then it's, like then you're hit with symptoms that seem like they come out of the blue when actually your body has been sending you messages for quite mm-hmm. some time. Whew, I know. I had to stop there, but don't worry. Jalinda is coming back next week and we're going to continue the conversation on women's health, balancing hormones, and all information related to things like that. So make sure you tune in next week. And in the meantime, share this episode with a friend and let them know Uh, how this has been of value to you. And obviously continue to write us five stars. We thank you for your support and for you tuning in weekly and we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the One Sun, Three Flowers podcast. Check out show notes for this episode and all past episodes at 
at www.1737flowers.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We want to connect with your tribe. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And remember to bloom into your best self.